We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? It is a special episode of KCSN Update. I'm BJ Kissel, and we are hanging out with K-State Online's Derek Young. He is a beat writer for the K-State Wildcats, and uh, he's also a co-host of the Three Ma, the ever-popular Three Ma show on KCSN, covering K-State athletics with John Kurtz and Cole Manbeck. And luckily for us, he has been covering Felix Aniduke Uzama for the last several years, and so... Who better to to step in here and give us some perspective on the Chiefs' newest edge rusher than somebody who's been covering them for a while? So, Dy man, we appreciate uh, appreciate the time today. Yeah, no, no problem. I, I was still pinching myself because it's kind of a storybook kind of setup where Felix gets drafted by the hometown team in the city where the draft is hosted. Yeah, I don't think you could have uh, written that for the Hunt family and the Chiefs organization any better. Um, what kind of indication did you have or, you know, did you think that this was a possibility? I mean, how much had you talked to Felix about this throughout the draft process or just um, what did you think about the possibilities of something like this happening uh, as we went into last night? I think the rumblings were becoming louder and louder that he could be a first round pick. Uh, that really started to escalate in the last few weeks, to be honest, and which was kind of the reverse of what I felt it would be like because, He's not necessarily like a super twitchy guy or like the the typical defensive end that gets drafted in the first round, but he's very, very young for for a guy being drafted and he's really, really productive. But so I thought we would hear a lot of first round hype early and then that it would fizzle out. It was really mm-hmm. the reverse. So that part was surprising to me, I think. Um, but yeah, it, it really started to, to pick up the chatter did that he could be a first-round pick, and and I think much of that is uh, he was the, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year while not being 100% at any point this past season, and and it really started to pick up after his pro day. And I, I talked to a few scouts from different teams and even some of the Kansas State coaches um, to see what they had heard or you know, what the scouts were thinking, and it sounded like really what made him a first round pick was probably his pro day performance. He was probably a second round pick before that, but, but a lot of people around the league think that he had perhaps a top two or top three pro day of all the DNs in the draft. 
Yeah, it was interesting to hear Brett Veach talk about it last night. He talked about his age, the fact that I believe he just turned 21 or it wasn't too long ago that he turned 21 years old. And you had mentioned last night, you had sent me a text after the pick was made that this was a guy three years ago that weighed 207 pounds uh, and worked and worked and worked. As somebody that covered him since I believe you said he was a sophomore in high school, um, how have you seen kind of the maturation, both of him as a person and as him as a player, to be in a position to go to the defending Super Bowl champions and walk across or, you know, be with his family. I guess he didn't walk across the stage, but, uh, you know, be with his family and get that call from the team that's covering the draft, hosting the draft, and also having a, another impromptu Super Bowl party there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the physical maturation is unbelievable. And much of that is that he's a late bloomer. Uh, that's why he wasn't a big-time recruit. I think at the time he got offered by Kansas State, he wasn't even 200 pounds yet. So they really... They, they, they rolled the dice on him as much as he rolled the dice uh, on them, and, and he would probably tell you that all the same. I know he camped one year uh, the summer at Kansas State, and he was 189-pound defensive end at that point. So, I mean, he wasn't on anyone's radar. Uh, credit to Kansas State offensive line coach Connor Riley was the one that actually said, we got to keep our eye on this kid because he could really blow up. And, and obviously he did. They, they almost didn't offer him. I mean, Kansas State offered him two days before signing day. That was it, two days. And he decided to take it on signing day, obviously, and the rest is history. But though he was two days away from being a journalism student at Missouri that never played college football. I mean, that's wow. how close and unlikely of a story that he is. So he was at one point committed to North Dakota State for football, and obviously he got the ties there between Kansas State and North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think he was content with just going and being a journalism student at the University of Missouri instead of until Kansas State gave him that call. So, uh but just from that standpoint, you're getting a guy that you know that understands how much hard work and dedication and commitment it takes to be good at this level. Because if he didn't, you know, go 300%, you know, all the way to the wall at everything that he did, but uh, between the time where he's a junior in high school till now, he wouldn't have come close to being a first round pick. So you're getting a guy that at least understands the value of hard work and dedication. And if you can do that, what the ultimate rewards and the results can be so it's not you're not talking about a player that's kind of had everything given to them just you know just a natural talent i think of probably a guy like you know jalen carter which i'm not saying he didn't work yeah. hard but obviously a lot of that is natural gifts that you know he can get by without having his best day felix sandy dk zama never could so you're probably getting a guy that he has such good work habits already that the bust potential here is pretty minimal I don't think you're getting a Joey Bosa type of defensive event, of course, that's going to be an all-pro or a chance to be an all-pro every single season. But I think you're getting a guy that's probably going to be in the league a long time and be productive for a long time as well. Yeah, I we were talking about it this morning uh, before we recorded. And, you know, one of the the upsides of this pick is you whenever you're drafting where the Chiefs are going to be drafting, it seems like for the foreseeable future is you're not going to get one of the top three or four edge rushers in any class because those guys always go in the top 15. And so... To get a player that's got the upside, we talked about the the age, um, that you know his best football is ahead of him, uh, is a welcome sight. But also the fact that you're describing a player very similar to George Karloftis, and that isn't necessarily going to you know lead the league in sacks. He's not a 20 sack guy, but absolutely an above average starter, a good player. And you now have two of those guys on rookie deals, and that was the first thing that popped out to me is throughout you know three of the most important years of Patrick Mahomes prime when they've already proved they can go out and win a Super Bowl after losing a lot of guys the year before which we saw this past year uh 
you know, roster composition, the ability to go spend some money in free agency by not having to go make a sign and trade for a big free agent, kind of like they did with Frank Clark a couple years ago. Now you've got two guys that could start right away um, with upside with George Karloftis and, and Felix Aniduke Uzama that gives you a lot of flexibility and the ability to do different things again throughout Patrick Holmes' prime of his career. Um, I believe I saw a stat that, you know, he has 89 pressures, Felix Aniduke Uzama, over the last couple of years, number one in the Big 12 um, over that stretch. Some of the chatter that I saw on social media was his numbers in 2021 compared to 2022. Uh, and not that there was a dip, but he didn't really surprise anybody in 2022 with the player that he was coming in to be. Seemed like he was getting a lot more attention. Having covered him and talking to the coaching staff, what kind of um, development and just kind of maturation did, did you see and did they see between those two seasons where kind of came out of, I don't say came out of nowhere, but came on the scene and that had all, had all eyes on him last year and still went out there and produced I think he started to understand that he could also impact a football game from his position without necessarily making the tackle or making the sack. It was going to be tough for him to be as much of a playmaker because he was going to see double teams and triple teams just about every snap, as you alluded to, obviously. It, I remember that was one game afterwards, and I asked him, I was like, when, and he didn't come out all the time, very much last year after for press conferences after games, actually. So this, and this is probably an interesting note because he was busy getting treatment after every single game. Like he was, he was really beat up last year, and still was able to be the Big Twelve Defensive Lineman of the Year and the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, which is probably saying something, because he was rarely able to come out in media sessions and talk to West because of the treatment that re, that he required after after every single game. But I just remember at one point I asked him, well, "When was the last time you saw like a single team?" And he's like, "I think I seen one since my freshman year." So, um, and he's someone that really kind of grew into himself too from a just a mental standpoint, uh, personality-wise. Obviously, you're talking about a really young player, so we were yep. getting an 18- and 19-year-old beginning, and you could tell that he was uncomfortable in media settings. By the end of it, I mean, Kansas State was probably uncomfortable having him out there in media settings because he had become so comfortable that he was a little bit cocky to an extent as well. I remember, you remember when he commented about the offensive lineman quite a bit. So, uh, <laughs> no, and the age, the age thing is important. I think, you know, Kansas City, when they've been interviewed about it a few different times now, they keep bringing up that age. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's huge because if you think about it, Will McDonald went in the middle of the first round to the New York Jets, obviously also played in the Big 12 at Iowa State. Felix Inudike Izama uh, eclipsed his accolades and was probably just as productive, if not more productive than Will McDonald. McDonald's just a little bit twitchier. That's why he went sooner. But Felix had all these accolades, even more production, and he's like three years younger than Will McDonald. Remember, Will McDonald's pretty old. Yeah. He got, got drafted in the first round. So, like you said, his best football is ahead of him. And, yeah, and from a production standpoint, considering the injuries, how banged up he was, and the attention that he was commanding. I mean, Kansas State's other defense event, too, that was supposed to start this past year was named Matlack. Yeah, like 10 caps a game because he was hurt as well. So that guy that was probably, they were hoping to take the pressure off of Felix and the attention off of Felix, like the double and triple teams, he got hurt too. So there was just no one on the other side that the really command enough attention to to pull it away from Felix. Yeah, they, we had a chance at the NFL scouting combine this year to, to chat with uh, the Chiefs defensive line coach, Joe Cohen. Uh, and talk with him a bit Sean Barber who does some work with us on the network um, had played for Joe Cullen when he was in college um, over at Richmond and spoke very highly of him and drew the 
draw a lot of attention to the work that Joe Cullen did. He last year was his first year in Kansas City. Really did emphasis on getting after the passer. And we saw several Chiefs defensive linemen have the best years of their career. Chris Jones arguably had the best year of his career. Colin Saunders had the year of his career. Mike Dana had the best year of his career. And even Tershawn Borden, before he got injured, was having the best year of his career. So for a young player who's still developing to have that opportunity, it it it's a perfectly aligned for all the reasons that we talked about with the Kansas City kid getting drafted in his hometown, uh, being with his family and all those things. Actually kind of funny that he said he was around the draft activities and going around and nobody knew who he was. He's just walking around uh, probably Union Station. Um, but D.Y., got more questions after a quick break, but uh, appreciate your time. and appreciate everybody for listening. We'll be right back after this quick break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Kansas City, the NFL draft is here. It is draft week in Kansas City, and what a time it is for our city. Just winning a Super Bowl thanks to Andy Reid and company and now hosting the NFL Draft. It's an incredible time to be in Kansas City and to be a Kansas City sports fan. And regardless of who you root for, there's only one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. Look, the players change, the coaches change, the rules change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. When I want a beer with some flavor, you know I go to the cooler and I reach for a Miller Lite. It's light on calories, not light on taste. It's the perfect beer for watching football, watching soccer, watching any Kansas City sports, and hanging out with the boys. It's my go-to. So kickoff comes around again. Enjoy the beer that tastes like the season, Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com KCSN, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. 
Hey, welcome back to this special episode of KCSN Update. BJ Kissel hanging out with K-State Online's Derek Young, also co-host of the Three Mile Podcast here at KCSN alongside Colt Manbeck and John Kurtz. D.Y., for people that aren't familiar with Felix Duque Uzama, a player that, as we've mentioned before, that you've covered for several years, um, how would you describe just his personality? What kind of player they get in the locker room? You talked about he didn't do a lot of media uh, when he does, is a, a more of a quiet guy. Is he a fun and goofy guy? Because you get into that defensive line room, sometimes those guys get a little get a little quirky. <laughs> That's how Chris Jones is. Uh, you know, he's got a big personality. Colin Saunders, before he left, kind of had that personality. Uh, what kind of personality is going into this locker room? Yeah, it, it just depends on his comfort level, obviously. But at some point, uh, the the switch really flipped for him. Uh, obviously, he got to Kansas State at a really young age, and I don't think he, uh, you know, was everything was slow for him, right? Everything was a little bit fast for him, and he was still maturing at that point. Now we've kind of gotten to a guy, like I said, who's almost gotten cocky to an extent. Um, And I think that helps. His arrogance on the field and off the field is kind of, I think, what driven drove him a little bit because I think he knew just where he came from, and he he just has always had that chip. So I think he kind of just plays a little bit pissed off, really. And and it's kind of how he carries himself now as well. Uh, He just... He goes out there and just thinks he's the best player on the field no matter what. And I think at some point he was afraid to like portray that from a personality standpoint. And now I think he's just at the point where he's so comfortable in his own skin that he doesn't care if people know that's the way he is. So I think, uh, yeah, just a, like a, a, a really cool confidence that really comes off as a bit cocky. And I remember the first time where I think I picked up on that was actually after probably – not the biggest game of his career, but the biggest moment of his career. Cause the biggest game was, you know, the five, six sack game at TCU. I know he had a couple picking away, but everyone will always remember that game where, where he broke an NCAA record at one point. But the, the one that I always go back to is the play that he made against Texas tech a couple of years ago with Lubbock when Kansas State's about to lose the game. Um, but they got Texas tech backed up in their own territory. And he basically does a game wing safety just because he almost took the ball at the handoff. He, he collapsed on both the quarterback and the running back at the mesh point and got the safety. And Kansas State was 3-3 three and three at that point, I think down a couple score, 3-3 three three overall, down a score on the road in Lubbock. Uh, you're about to go 3-4, and four, I think, right after the COVID season where they, they didn't make a bowl game. So, I mean, things were looking pretty grim. And that changed the course of that season, but really probably the Kansas State program to an extent because then they went on, won seven, eight games that year, made a bowl game the following year, you know, win the Big 12 championship. So... Uh, it kind of makes me think, you know, you know, it reminded me you're really getting a clutch player too, because some of the sacks and just tackles for loss just came in crucial moments. So he's a, a playmaker and at the right time, a really timely guy. And he knows it. Um, and he's starting to act like it. And, uh, he's not afraid to let everyone know that, that he knows. it. I know. I'm sure it's the same for every edge rusher who gets drafted in the first round. I'm sure he's looking forward to joining the defensive line full of guys like Chris Jones and George Karloftis and some other, I mean, Charles Amenahu, who they just signed that played at the University of Texas, that we've seen what he can do, and especially slide it inside and pass in situations, that his ability to stunt around and move laterally. Uh, I can see Felix Duque Uzama seeing a lot more one-on-ones than he's seen in the last couple of years uh, once he gets to the NFL level. I do have a question because I was going through his highlights, and you know, a lot of Chiefs fans watching those, we see a lot of uh, his celebration. Uh, do, you have, do you happen to know what that's about or where that came from, how it came to be, because it's pretty unique and it's going to be something that hopefully Chiefs fans get to see a lot of uh, once he feels comfortable enough in his skin to to kind of 
celebrate like that at the NFL level. But do you know the story behind what that is or where it came from? Why he does it? He said it was like the rock and the baby celebration eventually okay. that's where it came from. And they, he and his friends and teammates did it at least some at high school, I believe, when he, okay. when he played high school football. But I think because now it doesn't even look like a rock and the baby celebration. It's almost like a robot thing. So I think yeah. it just. Yeah, so I think it just kind of developed over time, and uh, it gets more pronounced every game as well. So I think I, I wonder what it looks like in a couple of years because they, it just seems like he adds a little bit more to it with with every sack, and that's that's more about his personality. I think, like I said, he's we mentioned it, you know repeatedly, but he was so young that I think he we yeah. get to see more of his personality with ev- with every single year. And you mentioned all those defense alignment that the Chiefs have. Um, you know, aside from Chris Jones and, and maybe Charles Menehow, it becomes a big name in Kansas City, obviously, because he has a lot of potential to really become the lead pass rusher there in that situation. But they got a lot of depth now really across the board. And I think that's important because even though he's a first rounder, like I said, uh, only 21, only played like a little over two years of you know, college football. I think yeah. it'll be big for him not to be asked to do a whole lot. And maybe it becomes a situational pass rusher at first. I don't know, but one thing I will say is what makes him a little bit different is he's not just like a to the typical edge. Like he was just as good against the runs he was the pattern. Yeah. What uh I remember going into the Big Twelve championship game down at Dallas, my son had been practicing the celebration dance or the robot or the rock of the baby, whatever you want to call it. He had that thing down before he went down there. Do a couple more questions for you, DY. Um spending time around his teammates and just kind of the dynamic that he had. How did his teammates kind of look to him? What kind of relationship did he have as a teammate with the other guys in that locker room when you had a chance? You know, Randy Big 12 Player of the Year, that old player that you covered, you talked to his teammates about him. How did his teammates speak about him and um, how he's developed and how he became a leader and became kind of a guy that kind of came out of his shell, um, you know, and became more confident as he continued to make plays? Yeah, I, I don't know that he was ever, like, the huge vocal leader. I don't know that you're ever going to get that because – his personality comes out more and more, but he's he's still not some huge charismatic guy. He's, like you said, like in most Stevens alignment, a little quirky still, um, a little, you know, a little weird at times as well. But uh, he he's he was really close to Deuce Vaughn. Those two are best friends. Okay. They've been roommates for multiple years as well. So I imagine uh, he'll be him and Deuce will probably both be cheered hard for him to become Deuce to become a Kansas City Chief as well. I think Deuce Vaughn was at his. With, was at Felix's draft party at his house uh, last night as well. So those two have a bond that really can't be broken. A bunch of their NIL, like, commercial stuff they did together. Um, those two are really yeah. separate. But uh, I think everyone looked at Felix as a super talented guy that really couldn't be blocked, whether it be in practice or in games that worked his butt off. But the closest relationship that just inseparable uh, human beings were, were Deuce and Felix. That's special. And We've talked about the opportunity that he has. It's 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 a good one, and it's uh, can't imagine again not to keep reiterating, but hometown kid getting drafted to the defending Super Bowl champions at the NFL draft in his hometown. All right, Dy. Before we let you go, if you could do a thirty second pitch to Chiefs fans to succinctly explain what kind of player and person they're getting with Felix Andy Duque Uzama, their first round pick out of K State, what would your answer be? It's a guy that really came from nothing and he knew it. So he worked his butt off to get where he is. And he knows that now and he knows what it takes. So you're probably getting 
one of the more ambitious driven defensive ends that uh, only knows one way to go and that's to work hard and, and because of that he's became a really good pass rusher but he's as good against the run as as he is against the against the pass and he's not going to take it for granted I think he realizes just how special of an opportunity that he has and how rare it is because it wasn't supposed to happen Awesome stuff, man. We appreciate you. Anybody who listened to this, your K-State fan, you're not listening to 3 Ma over uh, on the K-State channel. Make sure you go check that out. Subscribe to that audio channel. You can catch D.Y., uh, John Kurtz, and Cole Mann back multiple times each week, breaking things down from recruiting news on the basketball beat, on the football beat. D.Y. has got you covered, man. We appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're in high demand right now <laughs> with the uh, the Kansas City kid getting drafted by the Chiefs and your work with K-State, man, but we appreciate your time. Yep, thanks. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.